All right, everyone, welcome to church. Hey. All right, welcome, everybody. I think there's still a bunch of people in the, the lobby, hallway, this and that. I'll give you guys some morning here. Here we go. People are coming in, coming in. It's okay. Thank you, God, that we can be here. We can participate and be here. Uh, we learn about you, praise you. Thank you. Amen. All right, we have a few songs today. We have some that are newer, some that are older, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, if anybody wants to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can stay seated. Here we go. This is a song I don't think we played in a little while. Um, we'll find out. It's kind of a Christmas song or an Easter song.
could hold on I could hold on to Amen. Good morning, everybody. That was terrible. So, good morning, everybody. Good. I'm glad you're awake because we're going to have some time for some God sightings and how God has been active 
uh, among us and among other people around us. And uh, you may have noticed that I'm wearing a hat in church, which is a no-no, but this is part of my testimony. Uh, we had a wedding here on Friday. Uh, Imad and Maddie uh, got married. Imad often leads music, and Maddie usually sits right down here. Um, they're not with us for some reason today. But uh, anyway, Imad and Maddie, um, Imad's from Egypt. And uh, one of the things that we connected about early is that uh, I had been to, Sharon and I, to Alexandria, Egypt, to a place called Bet al-Salam, which means house of peace. And this is a hat that I got from there, and it says Salam on it, uh, peace. And um, Bet al-Salam is the place for Christians all across Egypt to gather for retreats, conferences. It's in Alexandria, right just outside of Alexandria on the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, gorgeous place uh, to be. And um, so uh, a lot of Ahmad's family, some live in the US, some from Egypt, and they were all gathering for the wedding. And um, so uh, as I was at the wedding, we were, a lot of people were talking, said, oh, Ahmad said you've been to Bet al-Salam and so on. So, so I wore this at the reception. And, uh, and people's faces just lit up. But the reason I'm telling this testimony is because part of their story about that place was so powerful that um, uh, it's, it's in a predominantly Muslim community. And uh, there was a time when the uh, Islamic uh, radicals were uh, rising in power in Egypt. And they did not like the idea of a Christian uh, center being set up there with a church inside. And, and um, even though Egypt's 10% Christian, well, that's millions of Christians in Egypt. And um, uh, so they were harassing and all kinds of stuff going on. And, uh, and then one day, one of the key political leaders um, in that community, his, his son got very, very ill. And uh, they couldn't get him to the hospital in time. It was a really bad situation. And, and Bed al-Salam was built by volunteers. It's a lot like Camp Lael is to us. You know, a lot of volunteers going up and doing things. And, uh, and so there were a number of doctors who were working there at that time. And so these Christian doctors came and took care of this child uh, and uh, helped the child. And that act of kindness transformed everything in the community. And all of a sudden, the guy who had been one of the leaders of the opposition became a big supporter of Bet al-Salam. And uh, whenever there was a problem, you know, he, he opened the way for things to get cleared up. And just thought about that, those simple acts of kindness uh, to, to one another, to our neighbors, can be so, so powerful. Um, so uh, we had the training about words of encouragement and simple acts of kindness. It, one of our values is the heroes are among us, ordinary people. We've got a bulletin board out there with uh, these little cards where you can put a testimony, either something you did, something you saw somebody do, something that was done to you that was uh, one of those small acts, uh, ordinary heroes uh, touching lives. Uh, put those out there. But uh, now's our time for you to share some stories where you saw God, maybe God operating in somebody doing something or where God called you into something of service or ministry. Anybody got a God sighting? Here we go, Deb.
Good morning, church family. Um, so, um, daughter, our kids are not following the Lord like they were when they were little. I mean, they've been raised in the church. They know, um, accepted, I thought. But anyway, so I'm helping our daughter Marie and Sabash. They were here last week and in their yard. They just have a new home and the yard is overgrown. So we're working out there. And then Marie realizes she lost an earring. It was an earring that Sabash's mom had given her. Um, it's, it's a treasure. It's a, it's a family, you know, down through the family. So Marie was very upset. Um, and I said, well, do you remember how the Holy Spirit is also the Holy Helper? So if you have trouble, you need help, you got to find something that's precious. He understands and he'll help you. So let's pray about it. So right in her backyard, and we're praying about, um, it was a small little diamond earring in the backyard. And um, so she was pretty upset. And I said, you got to believe, just hang on. You know, you've got the back part to it. So let's, you know, so I'm getting ready to leave. We're done working in the yard. And then I see I've got something in my car that I forgot to give. So I run back up to the front door. Marie meets me at the door holding this little earring. I said, yep, praise God, right? And then um, we were with some friends last night, and his wife is, she's said that she doesn't believe at all, doesn't believe in God. She knows I do. Um, I don't hesitate to pray around her. I don't hesitate to tell her that I will pray for her for troubles. And um, on the way out the door last night, she asked me to pray for her daughter. Praise God. God's at work. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Another story of a God sighting. Anybody else? Yes. All right, Maddie. Um, hi, church. My name's Maddie. And um, my God sighting this past week. Um, so my husband and I are in ministry. He's currently in Columbia for two weeks. And the first day he was gone, um, my four-year-old fell at the zoo and we had to go get stitches. <laughs> so um, obviously started off with a bang, but I just wanted to thank God when that happened. I was like, I have no idea what to do right now. We've never done this before. And um, there were like swarms of moms who like came around and um like offered ice packs and all the things and um there were like three of them that were like medical professional moms and i was just like praise the lord there was like i feel like god gave me this like confidence of like we're gonna get through it where i usually am like freaking out and so i was just so thankful for how god like is providing for us as he's gone and um yeah so that's my god sighting He's joined the Stitches Club. <laughs> yeah, anybody else? Oh, we're right here. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Katie, and I, about, I think it was last week, I work in Detroit, and sometimes, depending on the traffic, I'll take 75 home or Woodward home because I live in Royal Oak. And... 75 there were a bunch of accidents so i was like i'm taking woodward and i get off the davison and there's a homeless man that 
kind of right at Woodward and right after you get, get off the Davidson and I've seen him a few times, never stopped. And this point I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me like, gotta give him food. And I didn't have anything in my car. And around that area, it's not the best area. Um, I've never really felt safe there, but I felt safe enough to, you know, I drive through the <laughs> drive through at KFC and they're like, sorry, drive throughs closed, you have to come in. But I was like, I don't feel good about this place. So I drove across the street to Little Caesars because they always have like hot ready pizzas, right? And I pull up kind of by the front door and no one's in there and it's all, you know, plexiglass. You can't kind of have any connection. And I pull up, I don't even park. Like I pull up right to the front door <laughs> and I run in and I get a hot and ready and I see a woman come in right after me. She's probably in her thirties, maybe early forties. And she sits right behind me and um, as I'm leaving, I, you know, I get the pizza as I'm leaving, she says, excuse me, um, what kind of shoes are those? I have, I'm sure people have no Hoka, I don't know, I, I pronounce them Hoka's because they're the most comfortable shoes. I love them because I've always had foot problems. And she's like, I've seen them before. And I said, yeah, they're really good shoes for, you know, if you have foot problems. Well, I've always had foot problems. Just telling me that she's always on her feet. And I felt this prompting, like, give her your shoes. And like, literally, it was so, it was the loudest. I've, and I just, I was like, this is gonna sound weird, but what sh shoe size are you? And she's like a nine. Well, I'm a nine too. So it was like, okay, this is, I was like, you want to try them on? So I take my shoes off and like the woman behind the counter, little Caesar was like, what is this woman doing? And, and, and so she tries them on and, she, and I said, you can have them. And she looks at me and she starts to cry. And, and she said, I've been sitting here praying that I need new shoes because my feet have been so sore. She's, she's, she's not a nurse, but I think she does, you know, home care. And <laughs> I'm leaving with a pizza and no, no shoes on. <laughs> and I'm like walking through Detroit. And these two guys in this car, like parked outside of Little Caesars, they're like, they're like looking at me like, what is this crazy woman doing? And then I like finally pull around and then do a U-turn to, to give the homeless man the pizza, the original plan, right? <laughs> and the guy takes the pizza and he goes, oh my gosh, it's hot. Like he, he you would have thought a gave these two people a brand new car. And it's like one little act of obedience, one little just following your, just following what you think, you know, even if it's crazy, it just, and you know, I get home and I'm walking and like, I just don't, but it's like, it's one of those things where that made my entire year. Um, you know, the woman gave me a hug and just the fact that she was so, and they weren't even brand new shoes, right? They weren't even, so just uh, wanted to share. Amen. 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 Whoa. Katie, that is awesome. Uh, last Sunday I shared that, um, Carmel was in the hospital, and I stayed up till three in the morning and then came to church. And Liv McLaughlin was sitting in one of the rooms. We were doing a meeting, 
And she's like, oh, I'm going to take your boy. I'll take your boys today. Now, you know, last Sunday was Mother's Day, the most holiest day of the year for a mom. Right? Like, you're like, this is the day. Like, you, you know, you get love. And, but Liv is stepping in on this day and saying, I am going, I want to give you a break. And so I'm going to take your kids today and, and later so that I could rest. That was her whole thing. She just wanted me to rest. She was like, let me take your boys. And it was, you know, two more kids onto hers. And she's she like, I'll bring them home to you later that day. And it was that, it's like our heroes are among us, everyday people living and loving like Jesus, which is loving like Jesus is self-giving love. And um, so Liv is in the garden today serving the kids and my youngest one with the infants today. But I was, it was just one of those moments when I just was pausing and we're like, oh God, this is what that looks like for your love on us. And so I was just praising God for seeing that and being a part of that and thankful for Liv. So. Amen. Amen. Heroes. Anybody else? I don't want to cut anybody off if the Lord's got something on your heart. Okay. Oh, walked right by. Hello, everyone. Um, just wanted to talk about my friend. Um, she was in New Orleans two weekends ago, and she had a bad fall, and she had to go to the hospital, and um, she kind of lost all the feeling in her arms and legs, and. Um, Basically, the doctor said if it were like one centimeter, then she would have been completely paralyzed. Um, but she has she's since come home, and even though she couldn't hug her children when, when she got home, she's getting better and better. And now she has um, slowly gotten feeling in, in her extremities, and, and she can hug her children again. But she has surgery scheduled for... Um, June 2nd, no, June 6th, and she just has to take it very easy or else she could be paralyzed. So um, just God's sighting is that she's not and that, um, and that, you know, hopefully everyone just keeps her um, in your prayers that all is well until the surgery. What's her name? Uh, um, Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all the people that are doing such neat stuff and um, serving you serving those in need serving us when we're in need we lift up kelly asking for your healing grace to rest upon her and restore her in full so that she can not only hug her kids but if her kids are coming running at her she can catch them and give them that love amen thank you so my name is ed now it's been about three months that i've been coming here and one of the things I'm firmly convinced of is I hear the voice of God. I hear it. And among other things, uh, he's, he's called me to help someone I got to know who has an interior design firm. I have no design genes in my body. <laughs> That's not what I do. I help with, with financing and consulting and business things, legal things. And my, my really good friend now, who I met because she came and did a color console at my house, is also a Christian. 
And what has been profound for me is on three or four different occasions, we've heard the same call on the same day about the business. So recently, I would say over the last six months, we felt called to move from where we are, the business from where we are into a, a kind of like a warehouse office uh, suite where we can bring our clients in and sit them around an island and have all of the things we would show in a, in a design presentation. Well, <clears throat> this place was a, a warehouse for somebody and we have been converting it and have felt God call us to do what we needed to do to make this the place because this is the place we need to be. Well, our contract, our carpenter has fallen behind. You know, through no fault of his own, we didn't do a great job of planning all this. But last week, I think both, both my friend Courtney and I felt like, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? This is so stressful and so painful. And the Lord said to us, you know Christian carpenters, reach out to them, get them in here. And on Friday, five guys showed up. Overwhelming. And by the end of that day, both my friend and I were able to look at what had been done and see what this was going to be and know that we were going to meet our timelines. We have to have stone installed. So when you have to have stone installed, you have to have it measured and measured precisely. And lots of things have to be done before you can do it. And it takes a couple of weeks then for the stone to come in, et cetera, et cetera. We are now on track because of these five guys. And I'm just grateful for the Lord. And I'm grateful for his voice. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, how about we stand up? We have one last song right here. Here we go.
life in our waiting and working our tears. So come to us quickly. Was that a perfect setup for our time together? <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to Louise Reagan, a friend and somebody who works in Hamtramck. And uh, uh, Louise, how did you end up in Hamtramck? Well, I took a vision trip in the fall of 2017. I like the community. I like the diversity. I like that it's walkable. And within six months, I was living there. Yeah, you were living. And I remember you spending a lot of time seeking what God had, and then this vision came. Can you tell us uh, what God has uh, brought into being as you've been waiting on the Lord? So necessity really is the mother of invention. Sounds so cliche. 
When I got to Hamtramck, we had three thrift stores. And within a matter of two years, they no longer existed. And I can tell you why each one doesn't. But anyway, and also I was running my friends to thrift stores and I was running them to Walmart all the time. And um, I thought, you know what, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And I also realized, because when I got to Hamtramck, I scoured the whole community. I knew more about Hamtramck than many who lived there for a long time. And I realized that there was no place to buy two things, warm clothing for children and boots. And I often wondered how the children did not freeze to death in the wintertime. I really did. I befriended a family in my block, and I was just appalled at the way these kids were walking to school in the wintertime. So it was like, okay, there's something going on here. Plus, I wanted to be deeply rooted in my community. I'm, I'm in, I was in workforce development forever. You talk about God taking something and changing it into something else. I know nothing about retail. I look at that as God did not have to break any old habits. So I just wanted to love well, and that was the motive behind doing all of this. So I um, had a vision for a thrift store that actually came about like 30 years ago. I'm from South Jersey, and um, it just kind of fell by the wayside over a delicious cup of tea with a Bengali friend of mine one night. She said, you should open a store. And I spent two weeks in conversation with God about this. I told no one. Then I met someone in the community about it, and he said, form a team, and we put a team together. And from there, it was just, God just kept opening doors, opening doors, opening new doors, had no idea what it was going to look like, but God knew my heart. Our poverty rate is almost at 50%. It is a walkable community. Most people don't have um, transportation. So it was warm clothes for children. Let's provide practical things at a reasonable price, and people can walk. And also, God opened the doors to allow me to be a bridge to, well, this store is actually a bridge to the community. Yes, uh, Joy Thrift is the name of the store, right? So if you want to say more about the name, but also, uh, it's a ministry. So how does ministry happen as you're selling used stuff? Yeah, okay, so I love the word joy. I love the word joy. Um, and I'll tell you, joy Jesus talks about joy, Paul writes about joy, and joy is so, so, it needs to be in us as followers of Jesus. And so when we were coming up with names, you know, it, that was, it was fun. And I said, you know, I just, I just love the word joy. It means so much, it's so deep, it's so rich. So joy, so we wanted to keep it simple. Joy, thrift. Um, okay, so yeah, I had been in workforce development and God had me working in the Burbs, um, six different sites. And um, I, I know more about the geography and the way around the Detroit than most people who live here. <clears throat> but my heart was for my community. And um, so in addition to having this vision, it was also a place where I could connect with my community. I absolutely love my community. Amen. We're a mess. <laughs> and we're all doing life together. And um, so the, the, the business model was to create a space where people could come and it would be a neutral space where all we wanted to do was to see people and to love them. And it's happening. People come into the store and they say, it's so peaceful in here. We play music, it's instrumental covers. Um, we have a little bit of everything. We keep it nice and neat because the community does deserve a nice place to shop. And when people come in, they say, it's so different in here. It feels so different. And my coworkers and I, we always say, that's Jesus. 
And, um, and sometimes we can feel the atmosphere shift in there and we stop and we pray about it. And, and um, people come in for retail therapy. People come in to share life with us. People come in to check on us. Um, I wanted to get to know my community better. God has opened opportunities for me to, to be invited into their homes that otherwise would not have happened. When somebody comes in that's so broken, God makes a space for me to love on them and to speak life into them and to pray into them. I mean, God is fulfilling all of the desires of my heart with this store. I mean, if, if I were to just, if he were to give you my last breath right now, I would be a blessed woman. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, a number of you have been uh, donating to Joy Thrift, uh, various things, and I, I wanted you to see that that ministry is happening as well as the selling of items that can help people out. Uh, but we've made Joy Thrift one of our compassion partners. We always do compassion partners or partners with whom we have a connection. And uh, so we've got a truck out there that you can put stuff in some of you brought stuff saturday some of you brought stuff and loaded it up already i know but if you got more stuff but what happens if somebody forgot or they're doing their spring cleaning next weekend is there a way that they can get involved got it yes so the store is open 10 to 6 tuesday through saturday you can drop off any time during them um, so kniff's under construction so you can you can go down kniff and there's an alleyway where you can pull in Come up, ring the doorbell, somebody will be with you, or you can park right there on Joseph Campo. Or if it's local, we would like to say we could pick up, but that's not always um, feasible. We're kind of short on people power. And I just wanted to say one thing where, where the store is concerned. Yes, my business model, the business model, the business model God gave me was mission first, business second. So please continue to pray that over us, that we always be mindful of that, that it's missions first and then business second. And come see us, come hang out. There's some good stuff there. Sharon and I buy there as well as donate there. So uh, let's pray uh, for, for Louise and Joy Thrift. Absolutely, yes. So Lord, I would just wanna thank you for Louise and for her listening to your voice, your call, that something that was outside of her, her uh, comfort zone, outside of her place that she was familiar with, and yet it's turned out to be the very place that you intended her to be and, and the mission that is going on. We pray for that special space and the anointing of your Holy Spirit on her and all those who work there so that uh, those who come might find joy, amen. especially joy in you, but your joy would fill them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hey, you can talk with Louise later and uh, uh, bring your stuff over and God bless. Get my little jog right there. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Pete Noop, and uh, thank you for being here today. We are very excited to have you here. and. Honestly, if I don't know if you're feeling it too, I feel God is really active and present with us today in, in really great ways. Hearing testimonies, hearing about Louise and Joy Thrift. I mean, there's some really awesome stuff that God is, God is working on. So I have some announcements for you today and uh, let's, let's get through these here. So please take a moment and let us know that you're here and we've got a couple different ways to do that. In front of you in the pew, there is a green card. 
and it's kind of like a bright lime green kind of thing. So you can fill that if you, out if you would like, kind of a more traditional way, or if you want to go the digital way, you can do that as well, or on the website even. So you can, uh, if you're new to Genesis, please also text new to Genesis, all one word, all crammed together, to 94000. It should be maybe up there someplace. Um, if you finish, if, if you actually do the green card and you complete that, you can put that in the back outside the doors there at the wooden, in the wooden box. Uh, and also that is used where you can put your offering if you brought that in person. We also have online giving via the website and uh, all that too. So thank you for whether you're giving it in person or online, that's wonderful. We really appreciate that. So uh, May 26th through the 29th, which is coming up very soon, uh, as you know, we have camping at Camp Lyell. And it is a first come, first serve basis on cabins that are available, so you can stay up there with us, bring your own bedding and personal items. Right, Andrew? <laughs> you provide your own food, beverages, tableware, pots, pans, utensils, and grill. So think rustic camping but with electricity, of course. There are canoes and kayaks and life jackets available, along with many other outdoor activities. And so please feel free to join for the whole weekend or a few days or whatever works well for your schedule. You can come up even in, to see for an afternoon in that whole thing. And if you can't make it for the whole weekend, Manya. So if you want to come for the weekend, you need to tell me today. Today's the last day. And otherwise, come Saturday and have a potluck with us. Or Sunday and just be on the beach if that's the better weather day. I'm not going to keep talking to all of you, but if any of you want to know, come see me. And about the potluck, if you want to come to that, again, it was on Saturday starting at 1 p.m. And please uh, bring your own meat and a dish to pass for that, too. So there's some things with that as well. But yes, if you are coming and need a place to stay, talk to Manya, please. Exactly. So the, for the people on Zoom or on Facebook, we will be taking communion after the, the message today, after the teaching today. So please grab some of those elements in, in your home and be prepared for that. During our connection time, you can do that. And so right now, I would like to release the kids for their classes. And then also you can take a look around you and say hi to somebody around you. Maybe somebody who you haven't met at all or somebody who you've known for years. Thanks.
Communion. There we go. Oh, good morning. Welcome. Happy Sunday, May the 21st. My name is Bo. I'm one of the pastors here. Great to be with you. Loved hearing about Joy Thrift. Louise, I loved hearing just the story of hearing from God. And I loved hearing the stories of people talking about just hearing from God because we believe it's a birthright. Like, we should be hearing from God and engaging in that. It's actually one of our guarantees, we hope, is, is that as a people, we would hear from God. That we would know, we would be able to share with one another what God's saying to us. And you have permission to get it wrong. <laughs> you don't get in trouble for getting it wrong. We want to hear. We want to have eyes that can see and ears that can hear. And our hearing is not out of arrogance, it's out of love. Because the Father wants to reveal to us the love of God. And so with that in mind, may we, may we pray. So, Father, you're good. And what revelation we have of you is because you have revealed it. And so by your grace and your mercy and your goodness, be pleased to reveal today. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is among us to teach us and to guide us and to lead us into truth. Lead your body into your truth and into your way and into your life. Amen. So we're following the Revised Common Lectionary, which is a group of the way the scriptures are broke up within a number of mainline churches. And if you show up to these, the majority will be teaching these same texts in this pattern, in a three-year pattern. And we have submitted to this as a form, and we're going to do it for the next six months or so. And so I love that kind of practice. And so we're finding ourselves after Easter, which happened uh, six weeks ago. And next week is a, a Sunday they called Pentecost Sunday. Shavuot is the Hebrew term. It's a, it's a holiday that was 50 days after Passover. It's the counting of weeks, seven weeks after it. And so uh, Acts 2 tells the story of the Holy Spirit falling out. And so that's Pentecost. Which, uh, so, which is a Christian holiday of sorts. So that's next Sunday, but we're still in the Easter tide season. But if you read any of the scriptures and any of the gospels, everything is in light of the resurrection. Of, it is in light of the passion, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus. You can read nothing and hear nothing and look at any scripture, and it, it, you will miss it if you don't have the lens of Jesus and his passion and his resurrection right in front of you. Everything points to that. Everything illuminates that. And so today we're in John 17. This is a really interesting portion of John. It's a prayer. And it's a prayer that gives us content from Jesus. And there's only a few where you actually get the content. There's some debate about this content, but it is mystical of sorts. But we're going to look at this. The reading is just the 1 through 11 of John 17. But I want to add a little bit more of that prayer into it today to go a little bit further for us. But this is the content of Jesus' prayer. And when we have this content, we get a picture about what God cares about. We get a picture of this relationship of God the Father and Son. 
It's illuminated for us what God cares about. This prayer is a culmination of everything that Jesus has said for the last four chapters or so. We have this big dialogue that begins in John 13 and goes throughout there. And this prayer is a culmination of all of these texts. So it is powerful and big. And so with that in mind, let's hear these words of Jesus. I was listening to an Orthodox priest, and they say that when they gather for their worship, they stand for the whole thing. And they were talking about like the day before Easter, and it's like a five-hour service, and they stand the whole time. And you're like, woo. But um, today, in just the hearing of this prayer of Jesus, could we stand? Which you can, you know, but stand with me, please. And, the, um, and let's stand, and the words will be up there. So follow along. This is John 17. I'm going to go 1 through 11, and then I'm going to drop, and I'm going to hit verse 20, I think, to 26. This is this prayer of Jesus. After Jesus said this, and the said this is everything that is preceded from here, which is Jesus' teaching from John 13 on, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I revealed you to those to whom you gave me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now, They know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Now in verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know 
that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have given, that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Amen. You can remain standing for the rest of the service today, or you can sit down. It's okay, we have nothing to prove. (laughs) Wow, what a prayer. If we could even just pause to understand there's some content here that John is letting us in on of the way that Jesus is praying and what Jesus cares about, but in turn, what the Father cares about. And it's a content that may disrupt every story that we have heard about the purposes of God in this world. Or at least makes the ark bigger and more beautiful, more profound. This is a prayer of content where Jesus is praying. But as well, this prayer seems to blend time as Jesus prays. And what I mean by that, it's like Jesus is He's making this prayer, and it's almost as if he's praying it in 30 BC, or, and, and then time blends in its 80 AD, and time blends in its 2023, and this prayer is happening. This prayer is past and present. It's a blending of time. And these words of Jesus are not just then, but they are now. The Apostle Paul talks about, he uses these words to describe even Jesus right now. In Romans, he says, he, he begins with like, who then is the one who condemns? He's saying God is not the condemner. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died? Jesus Christ, who gave his life? More than that, who was raised to life? It's almost sarcasm. Like, oh, Jesus, the one who gives us life, is the condemner? (laughs) No, no, no. Jesus is at the right hand of God. Is also interceding for us. Jesus is in this posture of intercession. Self-giving intercession and prayer. And we almost have this intercession that is happening right now. And a portion of that intercession is this prayer. And so we too, Jesus just was talking about this before, saying, if you ask for anything in my name, I'll do it. He's like, he's inviting us to intercede in his name for the things of God in this world. And we're joining in the intercession of Jesus. How awesome. This prayer is about participation. Us participating in God, in the life of God, not in the future now and so when katie shared that story of hot and ready pizzas and a very specific kind of shoes and she said oh what a day best day ever why because she was participating in the life of god right now She was participating in the love of God, moving in this world where she 
the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father interacting in one, and a sister and a brother who were right around her saying, look at the picture of life right now. This is what eternal life is, to know me. And God was making God known. And the person whom Katie gives the shoe to says, this is from God. I, I hear that story, Katie. I, just, I love it, I love it, I love it. And um, sometimes, I, I, I don't know if you're ever in communities where the story went even further and they would share things like you, that the shoes got given away and then all of a sudden they're always looking for when they get the shoes back or when God multiplies it 50 times. Like, there's a re, like they're looking for the greater reward. If you give $50 in the offering today, God's going to multiply that 10 times for you next week. And I've heard that crap, you know, and, and it's like, no, 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 the reward was right there, participating in the life of God. That's actually called life. It's life. And Katie says, oh, I tasted life there. And I love it because it was still intermingled with concern and pockets of fear and uncertainty. But in the moment, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is God right now. How awesome. This is what Jesus is praying for and talking about. So let me take a, a, so let me just begin, just dig into it a bit. So Jesus prays, and and at the beginning of this, it says, the Father, the hour has come. So Jesus is talking about this hour before his passion. So this, this is a portion where Jesus is specifically, he's getting ready to give himself as an act of love and obedience, self-giving love. Jesus is going to show, sin is going to do what sin does. It's going to grab Jesus, and it's going to beat him, and it's going to ridicule him. The one who from the foundation of this world was, who created the world, sin is going to do what sin does, and it's going to brutally murder God. That's what sin does. And Jesus is going to give himself. His life will not be taken from him. This is where the writers and this is where the disciples say, oh my word, don't miss the narrative. God is giving. God is giving. Is this life taken? Yes, but the true story is that God is giving. And so Jesus is saying, hey, the hour has come for me to give. The hour has come so the Son can be glorified. And that he might give eternal life to those that you have given him. Now, this is life. This is in verse 3 what Jesus is saying. Here's eternal life. That we would know God. And Jesus, the Messiah whom you sent. That we would know God. This is not knowing like, hey, FYI, here's some things about God. Jesus was sinless and these things there. It's, that's not the knowing This is not for your information. These are not about factoids. These are not about details. This is about intimacy. That you would know God. Now this is not annoying because we have minds in that way. This is annoying because God is revealing God's love and God's way to us. The Orthodox Fathers, Eastern Orthodoxy, will continue to say this, I'm beginning to know God. They will always use that language even for those who have walked and studied and sat and listened for 50, 60, 70 years. I'm beginning to know God because this is life, to know God and Jesus the Messiah whom you sent. Knowing is about intimacy. Intimacy. 
It's about unity. It's about oneness. It's the oneness and intimacy we hear in the story of Katie, where God is at work and says, Katie, come with me. Come with me in this. It's a story of oneness when Lise was having these ideas and God's saying, Louise, come with me into Hamtramck. Come with me into Joy Thrift. Know me. Let me, let me show you. Hey, let me, let me let you so you would know Jesus the Messiah, the one I have sent. That's life. And this is the prayer. He's praying for those at this time. Jesus prays this prayer and he says, now, now, Father, in verse 5, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Before the world even was you and I were one. We were unity. We were an entity. And we had intimacy. Before there was, we had this. That's that beginning, beautiful prayer. From verses one to five. It's a prayer for union and unity. But this prayer goes on in verse seven. It says this. As he continues to pray, and then Jesus says, Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I've given your words, and they have accepted them. The disciples that Jesus is talking about are not there at his crucifixion. They do not know this. So this now is later. <laughs> It's a blending of time. Jesus goes on this prayer and says, um, they're going to hate you because they hated me. They're going to cast you out. And they experience that where they're kicked out of synagogues, where they're, they're removed from their Jewish heritage, these Jewish believers of Jesus the Messiah, and they're excommunicated, and they'll think they're doing an act of service to God, but they do it because they hate me. This is a blending of time here in the middle, where Jesus begins to pray for them as this letter goes out and is written with the pen of John. It's a prayer for them. And he prays for them. In verse 9, he says, I pray for them. This is in the current moment this letter comes out. And he says, I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Don't misread that if Jesus is saying, I'm not praying for the world. We know the heartbeat of Jesus in the most famous verse that majority of us know. What was God's posture towards the world? Yeah, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You're not saying this as way like, I'm not praying for the world. I don't pray for the world. I'm praying for them who are mine, but not praying for those who aren't mine. No, he's just saying, okay, I'm praying for the disciples here. This whole prayer is longing for those of the world that they would know the love of God. That's the heart of God. This is a part of blending of time as he's praying for those disciples. And in verse 11, it says that all that is yours, all I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I won't remain in the world, but they're still in the world. Protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. 
again, this longing of unity. This blending of time and this prayer goes on, and we pick up this prayer in verse 20, where the time says Jesus begins to pray for those who receive the message once the disciples and the apostles take it and release it and share it. And Jesus begins to pray for those who have heard the message from another. That's us. And that's future of everyone else who had this opportunity to hear this message. He prays for them. Pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, a unity, union. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 23, I in them, and you in me. This is what God's heart cares about. Union, participation, oneness, us being in God and with God right now. Jesus' prayer said, this is eternal life, that we would be one together, unified, moving, acting, and living in that life. That's the heart of God. To help us understand this a little bit, I want to do one more reading, and then we're going to take communion, and this teaching will end with that. There was a second century Eastern Orthodox priest named Irenaeus of Lyons. His, one of his, his famous writing is called Against the Heresies, and I was, and in this teaching, he references this prayer of Jesus in John 17. And he references it as um, in this prayer of why God created the world. With the part of creation of the world and humanity, what it's all about. What's the arc of the story? Why did God do it? Why are we here? One of the major questions. And Irenaeus said, oh, this is why we're here. And he ties it to John 17. So this is again called um, Against the Heresies. It's in book four, chapter 14 of book four, and starts in paragraph one. That's how they kind of label it in things. I am new to this writing. But it is ancient. You know, 130, 40 years after the life of Jesus. Early disciple of Jesus. But he's going to tie this to John 17. So um, I'll pause and I'll break in, in order to do so, but I want to read this paragraph for you. And he begins with creation of Adam. In the beginning, therefore, did God form Adam, not as if he stood in need of man, but that he might have someone upon whom to confer his benefits. So he's saying, oh, the creation of Adam was just this idea that God could then confer his benefits. He wanted someone to whom just to pour out his goodness on. That's why he creates Adam. For not alone antecedently to Adam, but also before all creation, the word glorifies his father remaining in him and was himself glorified by the father as he did himself declare. declare Father, glorify me 
with the glory which I had with you before the world was. This is John 17, 5. Before the world was, glorify me with the glory that we had before there was. And so Irenaeus says, creation begins with the creation of humanity. And God does so that he could pour out his benefits and his love upon creation with the glory that God had with Jesus before the world was. And it goes on to say, nor did he stand in need of our service when he ordered us to follow him, but thus bestowed salvation upon ourselves. For to follow the Savior is to be a partaker of salvation, and to follow light is to receive light. But those who are in the light do not themselves illuminate the light, but are illuminated and revealed by it. Meaning the light pours upon us, and we are not the origin of the light, and we are not the light, but we are illumined and revealed by it. They do certainly contribute nothing to it, but receiving the benefit, they are illuminated by the light. And today we heard those stories of Louise talking about that, that, that she has received the benefit and, and she's illuminated and revealed by it, her life and Katie. They do certainly contribute nothing to it, but receive the benefit and are illuminated by the light. Thus also, service rendered to God does not indeed profit God nothing, nor has God need of human obedience, but he grants to those who follow and serve him life and incorruption and eternal glory, bestowing benefit upon those who serve him because they do serve him and on his followers because they do follow him, but does not receive any benefit from them for he is rich perfect in need of nothing. But for this reason, does God demand service from men and women in order that since he is good and merciful, he may benefit those who continue in his service. So what's the point of us in our creation? It was for us to partake in the glory of God. Why do we serve God? It's so he can pour out his service on us and that we would benefit from that, that we would benefit in the life of God through our service. And we hear the stories of those saying, oh my gosh, I am benefiting from the life of service in God. Uh, that is the life. I'm benefiting from it. God is not getting something. God doesn't need anything. But we get to serve and be a part of this life of knowing God and partaking in service to others because it benefits us because we're in the life of God. It's for our good. Let me read that again. For this reason, God does not demand service from men or women in order that since he is good and merciful, he may benefit those who continue in his service. For as much as God is in one of nothing, so much does man stand in need of fellowship with God. What's our need? Oh, fellowship, oneness, union, with God. And that's found in Jesus, in the oneness with God. It's found in service. It's found in just union and participation with God. For this is the glory of man to continue and remain permanently in God's service. This is our glory. 
to remain in God's service. Wherever also did the Lord say to his disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, indicating that they did not glorify him when they followed him, but that in following the Son of God, they were glorified by him. And here's picking up again at the end of John. And again, I will, that where I am, these are the words of Jesus, that they, there they may also be, that they may behold my glory. That was John 17, 24. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, to behold my glory, the glory that you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. So he is saying that, that by following God, it's not that we glorify God. It's saying that, no, God is pouring his glory on us, that we get to participate by following the Son of God, that we there are glorified by him. And so there's not vainly boasting because of this, but desiring that his disciples should share in his glory. And then he begins to quote Isaiah, who's going to tie glory here. This is Isaiah, 50, Isaiah 43, verses 5 to 7. He's saying, this is... This is, we're not boasting in this, but this is what Isaiah has said in verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This text, this is what Irenaeus is kind of saying. He's like, oh, the purpose of creation was for us to participate in the glory of God, that we could be included in the glory that was before the foundations of the world. That even in our service, we're participating and living in the glory of God, which is about union and oneness with God. This is life, and this is what's offered to us. And then Irenaeus pulls in this crazy text, and we're going to pull this in and take communion with this. And this is what he says. Inasmuch as then, wheresoever the carcass is, there shall also the eagles be gathered together. This is a quote of Jesus in Matthew 24, but in a different, completely different context. And he says, we do participate in the glory of the Lord who has both formed us and prepared us for this, that when we are with him, we may partake of his glory. So Irenaeus pulls in this words of Jesus, and he says, where there is a carcass, whosoever the car wheresoever the carcass is, there shall also be the eagles gathered around it. If you read it in your versions, many will put the word vulture, but the, the direct translation is, is eagle. Uh, um, but like saying, so Irenaeus says, oh, we are invited to participate in the glory of God and the life of God, and where there's a carcass, the eagles will gather around and feed on the carcass. And Eris says, oh, we get to partake in the glory of God through the sacramental time of the Eucharist. And we will gather around the given body and blood of Jesus 
to partake in his glory of the oneness that we have with God, to feed upon the life of God, who is the self-giving God who gives. And it says, oh, and as we do this, we too will model this life of self-giving love to others. This is what it looks like to be in service in the life and to live in the glory of God is that we in turn would live the life of Jesus in this world as his temple, as his body, following his command to love as he has loved, which was voluntary, self-giving love. The kind of voluntary, self-giving love that says, give them your shoes. What a joy to give the shoes. Love with people, you know, whatever it is. Oh, be a part of the life that is moving right now. And so we're going to gather around the, the body and the blood of Jesus and to partake of that. I invite you to the table of this as a way of saying we are to partake union with God, oneness, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, that we are pulled into this life of God right now. We can know God and be known by God is inviting us to this table. So partake. We have an open table. We say, come to the table that Jesus has set. He offers his life, the self-giving love of God, and says, eat and drink. Remember, receive the gift. Receive that love. Feast on it. But in our eating and drinking, we remember that our participation is in the table, but also in baptism. We participate. Now, the participation in baptism, yes, it's in that water, but it's so much more. When Jesus talked to his disciples, they said, can you, Jesus asked them this question, can you be baptized? Can you, can you undergo, can you drink of the cup of the baptism which I am about to partake in? And he's saying, saying, can, can you follow in the way that I am? Can you give of yourself? The baptism of saying, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to give my love. I'm going to give it to the fullest extent. That's how we participate in the life of God, through baptism. We lay our lives down and we find that he gives it back to us in his life to live. And so we're going to come and eat and receive and remember that Jesus says, come and partake in my glory, live in my life, and go in the strength, go in the life of God, and let me move in you for your benefit of experiencing life. Through you giving yourself in self-giving love as an example of our unity and pattern of Jesus' life. So, Father, thank you for your body and blood. Thank you that in this, there is no doubt the arc of your life is that you long for us to participate and to be with you and in you. May none of us fall short of anything less than life. May we receive the benefit which you want to pour upon us, which is your glory poured out by your love. Oh, let our ears be able to hear 
you calling us from the east and the west saying, you're mine, sons and daughters, come to me to share in my glory. May we not sit back, but may we rush to your table. And may we feel you filling us and sending us out in your love, we pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Bill and Sandra are going to serve today. And as you receive it, I invite you, eat it immediately. We'll eat together. We'll just take it, drink, and eat as you come forward. We do have a gluten-free cracker, so if the gluten or challah, if, you, if there's something within that that is an obstacle for you, grab the cracker that's here on the table and the other is juice, but we invite you to come and partake. You're welcomed, you're wanted, you're invited, you're called that God might benefit, you might benefit in all the love of God. As we do, I wanted us to receive this, I wanted us to pray together a confession before we take. So I invite you to stand, and at the end of this, we're going to just read the Apostles' Creed together. It's a prayer, ancient as well. We're going to read it collectively. We'll say I, but our I is not an individual I. It's a plural I. It's in the way even our language, we use the, language, we use the word um, they, even though that is plural, it's one. It can be now. So let our I not be just individual, but our unity. I, unified together in this collectively, this prayer. And we'll take that, and Derek's going to play music, and then we'll invite you, just as this is done, to kind of come forward and to receive, to remember, to gather around the body and the blood of Jesus. So let's pray this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. May you come and receive. sinners and the saints, all the broken and ashamed, all the ones who fell away, come to the table, all the lost and forgotten, all the weary and unwanted, all the ones 
All the ones who fell away come to the table. All the sinners and the saints, all the broken and ashamed, all the ones who fell away come to the table. Amen. Feel free to eat and drink if you haven't. Father, thank you for your life. We gather around your body and your blood, and you welcome us to your table, and you pour out your glory to include us in your life. May we chase after life, and we not settle for anything less than the true eternal life which you offer to us, which is knowing you and Jesus whom you have sent. So we say praise you, God, for the benefit of creation that you poured your goodness upon us. We praise you for the benefit of Jesus, which you came to love us. We praise you for the benefit of the resurrection, which you pour us. We praise you for the benefit of being sent in the way that Jesus was sent for us, our benefit to share in your glory. Maybe say yes to that life. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, I know that Mike and Caitlin do not want to be pointed out in any way, but they, uh, they're they moving. I know Caitlin is going off to school, so if you know them, please, this, is, uh, this might be, and they may have their last Sunday, but she, they're heading off east together. I think Mike has a few more duties and stuff to do, but we have been grateful for you guys to be in this community, so if you know them and love them, embrace them give them a hug. They have been beautiful servants and beautiful partners and great participants in the life of Jesus and the life of this church as they've been here. So we are grateful for them and would be sad to see them go, but we know that they will be going uh, and being uh, Jesus's body there where they head off to school. I believe it's Rhode Island, correct? Yes, together. So if you know them, feel free to grab them, hug them, pray for them. Um, but uh, God bless you guys and your journeys as you go. Uh, as you've seen, we're, we've been practicing communion as um, weekly for the last few weeks, and we're going to hold that for the next three months in some different patterns. Next Sunday, as we take it, we're actually going to send people out to maybe serve some of the people who are homebound or alone or in need of connection so have that in mind if there is someone that might be helpful. So if you gather next week, we'll be ready um, to do that again. God bless you and keep you. Grab your stuff for Joy Thrift. Have a great Sunday. It was great to be with you. God bless.